Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, the Euro is finally here. Oh my goodness, I am so excited for this one. Full disclosure, we just recorded a Copa America preview that will be up in a couple of days. This is going to be up first because this tournament begins first. And I am joined, as always, by Chelsea's number one fan, the European champion, Chris Suet, I hyped you up in Spanish. I have to do it in English yeah. as well. Love the jersey. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Uh, I'm, I'm, we Chelsea are champions, European champions. So I, I'm I like most Chelsea fans, like all Chelsea fans, are doing great these days. That's awesome, dude. I I uh, I hadn't talked to you since we recorded the preview for the Champions League final. Well, we texted back and forth, but that's a little different. Now I I get to see you. You still, dude. You you look as happy as you probably were on the 29th of last month. So that's good. I I don't think that that's gonna go away anytime soon. Um, but man, now we gotta switch switch the the chip a little bit, and we have to go into international mode. We're gonna talk about the Euros, and boy, is there a lot to talk about for this Euro. As you all know, the Euro was supposed to be played last June, and it didn't happen. We know why, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, it was it was all pushed back to this summer. And there was a, a little bit of turmoil because we didn't really know what was going to happen because the logistics of this tournament were a little different. 11 host cities in total for this tournament, and it was supposed to be the 60th anniversary celebration for the Euros. Um and these are the cities for for this Euro. We're going to be looking at Wembley, London, sorry. Wembley is the stadium. Rome, Munich, Baku, St. Petersburg, Budapest, Seville, Bucharest, Amsterdam, Glasgow, and Copenhagen. Um, cities like Dublin and Bilbao had to withdraw from hosting any games. And Brussels was also supposed to be a host in this euro in this special edition of the euro but in 2017 they had to withdraw because their euro stadium project was going nowhere really it got stuck and there was going to be no stadium for the euro and even with the extra year they they weren't going to have enough time to to build a stadium for the euro and to uefa's capacities so it's a very different tournament or at least the logistics are different. Chris, let me ask you this. What do you think of these 11 host cities in a tournament that is only going to last a month? Granted, they are traveling through Europe and not through America or through Asia. So it's a little easier. But still, what do you think about these 11 host cities? I mean, it's like crazy. As, as you were reading off that list, I was I couldn't believe what you were saying. Uh, you were saying, yeah, Budapest. Bucharest and Baku, dude. Baku <laughs> is is in Azerbaijan. Uh, as as I don't wanna, I don't, yeah, Azerbaijan. I don't want mm. I don't want to offend anybody. Azerbaijan. No, oh, you're good. You're I remember. Good. I, I know. I remember when Chelsea played the 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 Europa final against 
against Arsenal um, out there. And it felt like, sorry, I mean, sorry. But I'm not it, an Arsenal fan, by the way. I just love this kit. <laughs> but all the all the, the the fans kept complaining that it's, it was like a 20-hour a like plane ride. And it, it was not because it was a direct flight from London to Baku, but it's just really hard to get a flight directly to Baku. So you got to do a bunch of uh, uh, transfers and stuff like that. And I can't imagine with COVID that being any easier. So someone, I mean, it, this is a crazy list, man. London, Rome, Munich, Baku, St. Petersburg, which is on the other side of the freaking continent. I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. To me, it doesn't make sense to do it right now with the state of the world that we live in. Honestly, it doesn't make sense at all. Even if there was no pandemic, if there was no COVID. Why don't you just pick a country? Just just give England the tournament. Just give Germany the tournament. Um, I think Ger Germany would have been great host for this tournament. I. When was the last time they hosted a Euro? I know England hosted the 96 Euro. I think Germany hosted the 92 edition, if I'm not mistaken. No, they hosted the 88 because the final was uh, in Munich, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where Marco van Basten scored that ridiculous volley in the final against the soviet union something like that but still it's ridiculous to me it is absolutely ridiculous i understand why they are doing this and maybe i'm i'm sure you know this but if you don't i'll tell you this do you know whose idea this was oh don't tell me i don't know but i'm, I'm just sick to my stomach thinking about this because they should really be playing this out of country but yeah tell me this idea was michel platini's Oh, God. He's banned from the sport. Why are we using his idea? Yeah, so he is banned from the sport. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, look, these games should be played. Like, you should be seeing England versus France, let's say, at a hypothetical match at Goodison Park, at St. James's Park, at Stamford Bridge. Like, that's where that's where it means something. Like, no offense. I don't mean to... to, to sound insensitive but no one wants to go to Bucharest or, or Copenhagen to go watch these matches like and if they do like make it make it something beautiful and organic like put it in these put it in 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 Sweden and let just have Sweden have all the games I'm sure they have the the, the stadiums put yeah. it in Austria and let Austria have that economic boom or Germany like you said like it's gonna be a great experience but doing it like this where it's all split up it just makes no sense and honestly, you know what it makes sense for is money. So that's where I just thought, like, yeah, there's, I don't even, I know it's, I just, I don't even want to like argue about it because I know why they're doing this. It's about the bottom line, but it's just, it doesn't surprise me at all that it comes from someone who's banned. <laughs> yeah, it. Anything can happen in in this sport, and sometimes uh, reality is is actually crazier than than, than fiction and. That's that's what we're living right now. But this is how the cities are, are going to break down based on the groups. So Group A is going to play all of their games in either Rome or Baku. Group B is going to play all of their games in either St. Petersburg or Copenhagen. Group C, Amsterdam or Bucharest. Group D, London or Glasgow. That would make sense. It's in the United Kingdom, right? Um, gr group E, Seville or St. Petersburg. I don't know about that one. Group F, Munich, and Budapest. 
Um, and then the semifinal and the final, the, sorry, the semifinals and the final will be exclusively played in Wembley. So the last three games of the tournament will be played in Wembley. So if you make it to the semifinals, you won't travel. Um, unless you lose, you'll travel back home, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it's going to, to break down. Uh, it's crazy, man. It really is. It's It's insane. It's like... A Champions League condensed in one month. It's it's nuts. So being in Group E, you have to travel through Seville and Saint Petersburg. So you're traveling through all of Europe, essentially back and forth. <laughs> like if you're and Group E has Spain. So if you have any Spanish players, like for example, I'm I'm, I'm shocked that that clubs aren't like disputing this because this is nuts. Like yeah, literally they're flying through all of Europe for this group yeah they are and here let's let's just give an example and maybe we should we should give a little more more context to what oh and brazil brazil won two nothing by the way i know we were we were talking about this on another podcast brazil just won two nothing that has nothing to do with this but um okay so spain they play in seville on monday monday the 14th right they play against sweden and then they play give me a second i i Guarantee I will find this um, any day now. Uh, there we go. Okay, and then the nineteenth they play against Poland and they play in in Seville, and then they play against Slovakia the twenty third in Seville. So like the host country will stay in their host nation. But now let's look at Poland. Poland has to play in Seville the what did I say the fourteenth, and then. They have to play. Um, what am I talking about? They play in Saint Petersburg, the eleventh. Poland plays uh, in Saint Petersburg, the eleventh against Slovakia, and then the nineteenth, the fourteenth. Oh my goodness! What am I saying? Okay, so that what I said, what I thought was for the eleventh is for the fourteenth, and then the nineteenth they have to go to Seville. And then the 23rd, Poland has to go back to St. Petersburg to play Sweden. It's insane. This is this is crazy, man. This is absolutely insane for for Poland. And Slovakia is going to have a similar a similar trajectory. And uh, so is Sweden. So you got to feel for this, those teams because Spain is going nowhere. Spain's going to stay in Seville the whole time. Um, and then after that, they, they'll probably travel somewhere else, but they had been playing in the same stadium for almost a month. So I don't think that's going to hurt them as much, but still, man, it's, it's a, it's going to be a hassle. It's going to be a hassle. These, these tired legs, we were, we were talking about Poland, right? We were talking about Poland before we started recording. And I, I said a couple things about Robert Lewandowski and we kind of talked about their team. This isn't going to help their chances at all. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, Robert, like, for Robert Lewandowski, like, what? <laughs> yeah, he already has to, like, carry most of the most of the team if they're going to have a chance in this tournament. So, jeez. No, oh, his poor legs. Tired, tired legs. He had an injury, too, in April. So, that that's not going to help him. Um, all right. Let's move on now to the storylines. The storylines of Euro 2020. 
What's your biggest storyline that you will be following going into this tournament? The biggest story? I mean, there's a bunch of storylines. Oh, yeah. Wrong. yeah. The biggest storyline is, is France going to continue the, the dominance that they showed at the World Cup? Mm-hmm. Is France going to uh, emulate Spain in which they, they won a World Cup? I, I, I think Spain won the Euro first, then they mm-hmm. won the World Cup, and then won another year, and then won a Euro. But mm-hmm. if, if France can just continue this run that they're on, because they have such a star-studded team. Like Benzema went down today, which mm-hmm. is a disappointment for everybody because they want to see. Or everybody, of course, everybody wants to see how he plays with Mbappe. But I think he just went down with a dead leg, so he should be fine. But Benzema went down. Olivier Giroud came on. A Champions League winner, Olivier Giroud came on and scored two goals. And he's now six goals within Thierry Henry's all-time record to be the leading scorer for France. Like, what an embarrassment of riches they have as a team, man. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Insane. It is insane. Had they won the Euro back in 2016, they were a few minutes away from doing so. We would be talking about the same story with, with that, that we saw with Spain. So, you are right. You are right. It is very interesting. My biggest storyline going into this tournament... Italy and Netherlands are back in a big competition. I have a soft spot for those for those teams, Italy and, and, and Netherlands. First of all, the, the Netherlands, the way that they play, I love it. They missed out on the Euro in 2016. They missed out on the World Cup in 2018. And the generation is very different because guys like Robin Van Persie, Arjen Robin, Wesley Schneider, Nigel de Jong, Dirk Kite, they're not there anymore. Now we're looking at players like Frankie de Jong, Matthijs de Ligt, um, I was going to say Donny van de Beek, but he withdrew because he was injured. Um, Ginny Wijnaldum, Memphis Depay. Virgil van Dijk, had he been healthy, he would be a starter and the captain for sure. But this is a different generation, and I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what the Netherlands is going to be like in this tournament. I think that there's one thing that stops them, and it's the inept uh, manager that they have Frank De Boer. I mean, this guy, everywhere he goes, failure. Absolute failure. As soon as Ronald Koeman was appointed as Barcelona manager, I'm like, the, I swear to you, Chris, the first thing that I thought was, oh my goodness, the Dutch team is going to suck again. They're going to suck again. And yeah. suck they have. Mexico went into Amsterdam and beat them last October. I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the Netherlands these last couple of months. Now, Italy. Italy, of course, they uh, they they missed out on the World Cup. Gianluigi Buffon, heartbreaker, couldn't make it to another World Cup, retired from the national team. And Italy, they're going to be put into the spotlight immediately because they open up the competition against Turkey. And I really want to see what they are made of. What? How much have they changed? Roberto Mancini is now the manager, so... He's a Premier League champion. I want to see what he has implemented on this team. And I like the squad because there is a mix of veteran leadership and youth. Um, what what word am I trying to use here? Like just just a lot of youth and a lot of creativity and, and a little bit of uh, of of rebellious acts with with these players because they don't fit the mold of the Italian player. They are they are very creative and they're fun. Uh so it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to to see. Of course, your guy Jorginho 
is is in there. He will heavily feature in that midfield. This might be a different Italy. Don't be surprised if they if they attack a little more than than they do. And the last time that Italy was in an international tournament, they took Germany all the way to a penalty shootout in the quarterfinals of Euro 2016. So that was a good image. The not so good image was missing out on the World Cup and through the playoff they missed out. So that's going to be interesting. Italy, Netherlands back in the international stage. Yeah, um, that's actually one of that was one of my uh, storylines that I was thinking of as well. Is there's so many teams that we would just been missing, man. Like Italy, like you said, Netherlands. How are they going to do? How are they going to fare in this in this in this tournament? Because they have the talent. I mean, they have players that are in the Premier League, players that are shining in their home countries, and and, and why not? You know, why not? I think. Under Roberto Mancini, uh, Italy's just been solid. I'm not sure. I, I, they have very few wins, uh, very few losses, excuse me. I think they have like five losses under Mancini. And yeah, well, I mean, why not? Why not? I'm, and and uh, uh, I, uh, Netherlands has, a, has an embarrassment of riches as well. They have, I, 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 they have so many players that are just all over in France and Spain and in, in England. That are just technically sound and fun players on both teams. So yeah, yeah, definitely can't wait to can't wait to see how they fare. What's another storyline that you have besides the Italy and and Netherlands one that we share there? Kind of similar to what we were talking about in our other podcast with Argentina is, is Belgium finally going to do it? Belgium and Eden Hazard and Romelu Lukaku and Kevin De Bruyne. This is their golden age and their trophy list. They're trophyless. So when are they going to finally grab the bull by the horns and win their godforsaken trophy? Because they yeah. need it. You know, I mean, it's so it's, it's such a black eye. I mean, Mancini, I mean, sorry, Mancini, uh, Lukaku and, and De Bruyne are now winning with their with their domestic clubs, which is great. And Eden Hazard has always been a winner with Chelsea, even one last year while he was hurt where Ramon traded him. But when are they going to finally put it all together? Because Roberto Martinez gets a lot of love for being Belgian coach, hasn't won a thing. And it, they have so much talent. Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, honestly. Like, if it wasn't for Messi being on Argentina and Ronaldo uh, being on Portugal and not doing well until finally winning the Euro last time out, uh, I think a lot more emphasis would be put on Belgium and their, their uh, trophy-less golden era. Love it. I love it because that's that's one of mine too. Um, I do think that this golden era of Belgian football is meant to be trophyless. I don't. I just don't ever see them meshing as 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 a unit. You you can look great against Panama in a World Cup group stage game. Yeah, that's cool. But then you face the big boys. You face. Um, you faced a France and it, it took a set piece for you to get knocked out of the tournament. And then in Euro 2016, where I believe was the prime of this golden generation, you get eliminated by Wales in the quarterfinal. Sure, this Wales team had a lot of momentum, but you cannot get eliminated by Wales. Wales. No disrespect to Wales. But Belgium had the better team. Belgium had the better manager. 
by and, yeah. And they were eliminated by Wales in the Euro 2016. And to add to your point, I just want to see how Belgium will do in this group stage without Kevin De Bruyne. He won't play oh, he, in the group he's stage. He's not playing? He's not going to play. He's oh, not wow. going to play in the group stage. Okay. He should be good for uh, the knockout stages, which imagine that. Imagine he comes back from, from his injury um, and he just, like you said, takes the bull by the horns and goes crazy and, and, and does a lot of stuff. But I do feel that without Kevin De Bruyne, there's one guy that can greatly benefit. That's Aiden Hazard. Maybe he can show people again why Chelsea paid so much money for him back in 2012. Why Real Madrid paid so much money back uh, for him back in 2019. Why he he was he's beloved at Chelsea. He they, they they love him at Chelsea, and you can speak for the Chelsea fan base. Yeah, he can, he can show people again. He can show people again. But I just want to see how they will do without Kevin De Bruyne in in this uh in this group stage um do you have any other storylines that, that that we should keep an eye on that we should follow or do you want to add anything to uh to the belgium uh topic that we were just discussing yeah i, I think it, it's definitely a great time for hazard to show real madrid what they paid for i don't I, I think chelsea we he won so much that 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 fee was more than justified but Definitely yeah. time for a little reminder. If you if they win Euros on the on the feet of Asian Hazard, I think that would go a long way to show whoever who's his new manager. All right, it's actually Carlo Ancelotti who are uh, his new manager. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. and, I, and I know Carlo uh, really rates him, but uh, yeah, it would be a great reminder to uh, to show the, the club why they paid what they did because he's really uh, down and out over there right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and one of the storylines, or my last storyline, I'm going to save it for later. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but I think it's coming home. Um, anyway, moving on. Players to watch. I have a list of one, two, three, four, five players that I'm going to watch. One of them went down with an injury. Um, so I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, but I'm just going to start it off. Karim Benzema, it's his first major tournament since the 2014 World Cup where he had a, a very, very good tournament. And I just want to see what role Didier Deschamps will give Mercedes Benzema. Um, how will he mesh with with this group of ridiculous talent? There's talent everywhere. I'm pretty sure even the water boys are ridiculously talented. And should you ask them to to pick out a 30-yard pass, they, they can do it. Um that's just how good this French team is. How does Benzema fit into this French team? A team that is the current reigning and defending world champions. I mean, he's that good. He fits anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a man. He's, 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 uh, I, th- I think he went, he, he, his injury was only a dead leg. So he should be pleased. He should play. He, I think mm-hmm. they were precautionary. Sure. Uh, but um, he uh, he's he's tested, man. He's he yeah. plays at Real Madrid, where they demand the best out of you week in and week out, and he's he's King Kareem, and it's for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's he's one of my players to watch as well. Uh, it's, yeah. it's funny you said that. Um, 
I think he's gonna do great. I think he's, I think he's gonna just add to what they do. He's gonna just add to to how how they play, and they they're gonna really be tough to watch, man. I mean, and, tough to watch. Sorry, tough to beat. <laughs> okay, you're not off when you say tough to watch because watching their campaign to the world championship back in 2018, it really wasn't that fun. And they won. Who cares? But it wasn't that fun. It wasn't memorable. Um, but adding a little bit to what you were saying about Kareem Benzema, he's not an egomaniac on the pitch. Who knows what he does off the pitch? And I don't care what he does off the pitch. But on the pitch, he's not an egomaniac that's constantly asking for the ball. I need to score this amount of goals or else I had a shit game. I, I need this in order to be happy and to succeed. He's not that type of player. He will feed his teammates. He doesn't care as long as the team wins. And that fits perfectly. That is so dangerous for all of those opponents that they will have to face. And they do have a tough group. They have Germany. They have uh, Portugal. And then they have uh, Hungary, as as I like to call them. So this, this just makes the rich richer. Um and Kareem Benzema is adding a lot to this French team. Next player that you have on your list to watch, uh, uh sir, um, uh, Mister uh, Romelu Lukaku. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's in the form of his life right now. He's, yes. He's playing out of his mind for Inter Milan. He's he's pressing. He's scoring. He's feeding his teammates. He's a raging bull out there, and it's time. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, for Belgium to, to win that, that this trophy. And I think if De Bruyne is out, like you said, I think more of it would, would be on a Lukaku to, to show that he's a, a, a striker like a, a, a Harry Kane that could carry his team himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he, he added that to his game at, at Inter Milan where he, he, he fed Lautaro, he fed Nico Barella, he fed his teammates a little more than he did at, at places like Manchester United. But, uh, yeah, I think he 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 would be very – now that De Bruyne's out, he's even more key. And I think he's uh, – it's time to show he's that type of striker. I uh, I know he's he's been a great striker. It's time to be an elite striker. And he showed that at Inter Milan. So I think he's going to show that and replicate that uh, during the, the Euros. Serie A champ. Uh Dude's a beast, man. He is he is an absolute stud. And let's uh, I'm I'm gonna stay with the with the striker, and I'm gonna talk about Harry Kane because we've heard the rumors. Harry Kane, he wants to leave Tottenham. He's made it clear he wants to leave. This is the perfect showcase. This is it. He can he can show the world. He can show Real Madrid, PSG. Um, I don't know. Manchester City knows enough about him. Manchester United knows enough about about Harry Kane, but he can show those teams, "Hey, not only am I being the captain of my team, I am being the goal scorer and the leader of this incredibly talented English side. I deserve all the praise. And if you guys want me, make the offer, you come and get me. Harry Kane I, I hope, be, just because I like him a lot, I hope that he has a really, really good tournament. Um, and this is a great, great showcase for him. 
I hope it's not too much pressure because this English side does come in with a lot of pressure into this tournament. They come into every tournament with a lot of pressure because it is England. But this right now, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on this English side. They haven't won anything since 1966. So I think it's about time. I think it's about time for this English side to win something. And why not do it at Wembley, which would be poetic in a way because when they won the World Cup in 1966 it was at Wembley at old Wembley but they did it there yeah uh it's funny uh Harry Kane is also one of my players <laughs> to watch yeah but okay I, I mean I can you can really I, I you can really make it anyone on the English English team you can make it uh Harry Maguire if he's gonna play you can make it Jordan Pickford if he's gonna play you can make it and most of these guys who it's it's England is another one of those teams where there's like there's so many storylines and it's it's Italy and, and and Netherlands with the return but it's also is is teams like uh England going to make their their their, their and Belgium going to make their their vengeance run like they're going to finally win this trophy because it's got to come home like you said man England England is so talented and so deep they got Raheem Sterling they got so they got so much quality in this team mason mount phil Foden, <laughs> young attacking mind attacking players that they should be winning thing i mean mason mount just won the champions league phil yeah. Foden just won the, the the premier league and 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 i, I believe the the, the carabao cup so yeah these are winners these are winners they know how to win so they should be winning at at, at, at uh international level and harry kane should be blossoming with them so Harry Kane's one of my guys for sure as well to, to keep an eye on, but I, I could flex that and say Mason Mount and Phil Foden, anyone on this English team, Jaden uh, uh, Sancho, any most of these guys on these English team, they got to really show up for this now. They, they, it's time to, to, to really make their name and, and bring it home. Yeah, and, and what helps, uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but a lot of them grew up together. And they played in the youth levels together, so that that, that does help. There's a, a couple world champions there for the under 17 World Cup, so that is always going to help this this English side. Any more players that you have to maybe look out for for this uh, for this tournament? Uh, for the tournament, uh, I would say Ru Ruben Diaz. Ruben mm, Diaz. Okay. Yeah, Ruben Diaz, Bruno, uh, Bruno Fernandez. Because I really think Portugal is going to be a, a dark horse, and I know that's going to be that's, that's that's something I want to touch up on a little later. But mm -hmm. these Portugal is so deep. Yeah, I can say that about so many different teams, but they, these guys are winners, man, and they're going to look to repeat. So, yeah, Ruben Diaz, the Player of the Year in in England. I, I want to see how he does for for uh, for club uh, for for country. He was a substitute in the 2018 World Cup, and now he who's going to take his spot? No yeah. one is. No one is going to take a spot. And that's the beauty of this game. It, it, it only takes a couple of months to flip everything on its head. Um, one of my players to watch, Gareth Bale. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti is back. Maybe Gareth Bale will be back at Real Madrid. Who knows? Uh, again, another perfect showcase. Maybe this is, this is him just showing his talents to other teams. Who knows where, where he will play his football next season. And finally, I have Memphis Depay. Because Memphis Depay has been linked to Barcelona for, this is the second summer now, third summer, something like that, but he's been linked with Barcelona for a while, and maybe this is the final act 
that will convince Barcelona to pull the trigger on him and will and will ultimately push to his transfer to Barcelona. So I really want to see Memphis Depay. He is the the elite player in in this uh, or the elite attacker in this uh, Netherlands side. So of course he's going to have more pressure than the normal player in this Euro tournament. Um, all right, let's move on now to the surprise team. And I think you foreshadowed a little bit and who you are picking for your surprise team. Who's your surprise team for this tournament, Chris? Yeah, it's it's Portugal. I think Portugal is really going to make a run. They, I think uh, they, they, they're so deep with attacking talent. With, with guys like Bruno Fernandes, Rafael Guerrero, who plays left back, left wing back for Borussia Dortmund, yeah, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo, bro, they, they have so much quality on this team, and and you can say that for for other teams like Belgium and Italy and France, but these guys are winners. They won it last time. They 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 looking they're looking to repeat. They have proven quality all over this all over the field. Uh, they got they got. Guys who can attack like Diego Jota and, and Ronaldo. They got guys who can defend. They got guys in midfield like William Cavallo who could come in and just make life hell for for an opposing player. You can you can you can stick William Cavallo on the opposing player and just say follow him around and make his life hell. And that's going to be a long day, man. That's going to be such a long day. So yeah, I think Portugal is, is it's weird to call the defending champs the surprise team, but. I think they're really going to shock some people at how how dangerous they're going to be. They're going to really send a warning shot for the World Cup. They have the ultimate winner in Cristiano Ronaldo. Once once you have that person on your side, you have a massive advantage. Um, I like your pick. I like your shout. But the only reason, and I, I thought about putting Portugal as my surprise team. But I said, no, they are the defending champions. And they are a better team than they were when they won it. So what does that say? What does that say about Portugal? They they should to me they they're favorites to make it out of their group. Maybe and I don't I don't know if necessarily to win it, but I see them finishing above Germany. This Germany team. I mean, I'm going to talk about them in a bit, but I think that they're better than Germany this Portugal side, but I like your pick because not many people are talking about Portugal. Is there anything else you want to add about, about the Portuguese? Uh, just, just that they have my, they have my respect. Uh, I look at that, that starting 11 in that bench and they have quality all over the place, man. They got winners like Bernardo Silva that they can bring on. They got, they got guys like Sergio Oliveira who played for Porto. He's a set piece taker. They got they got guys all over the quality all over man and they got a good coach so they can they can do it again. They definitely can and uh, oh I I would I don't I'm not gonna check Twitter should Cristiano Ronaldo win a second Euro I'm I'm gonna throw my phone out the window. Um, <laughs> my surprise team. It's 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 going to be a surprise. My surprise team is Turkey. Here's why. Group A on paper is even. I fancy Italy to advance because of the talent, because of the hierarchy that they have in Europe. 
But then that second place spot is up for grabs. Maybe even the third place is up for grabs. Why can't it be Turkey? Why 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 can't it be Turkey? Because this Turkish side they have Soyuncu, Kabak, Tosin, Chalanoglu, Under. They have so many good players. Burak Yilmaz, he's a thing again. The, the, <laughs> this Turkish side, be careful. Be careful with this Turkish side. But there is there is one one specific thing that does catch my attention. And I've been thinking about it a lot. Do you know who manages this Turkish team? I'm not sure. Who is it? His name is Şenol Gunis. Okay. He was the manager that took Turkey all the way to a third place finish in the 2002 World Cup. He's back for a second stint. Why can't he why can't he do it again? He can do it again and he has a very talented team. He has a lot of tools to work with. Um they were in the same group as France in the qualifiers as well and they only lost to them. That those were their their only losses. Other than that, they didn't they didn't lose. So that says a lot. And this Turkish team advanced to the Euro and they are difficult. They're tough. They're talented on the attack. They have guys like Chalanoglu who with a free kick can solve a game. They have guys like Soyuncu who yeah, he's prone to making mistakes, but he's also reliable at at, at many times. Why not Turkey? Why not Turkey? This is a team that I will definitely be looking out for. And they open up the tournament. And I only work half a day on Friday. So I'll be watching the game for sure. I'm I'm excited for Turkey. I, I, I was too young to, to really witness and understand what went on in 2002. I want to see maybe they can replicate it 20 years after. That's a, that's a great shot. I, actually, looking at this team, they have, they're full of players that are, are battle-tested, man. And Barack Yomas is as automatic as they come. He just fired no to the to the French League One title. He's he a, a poacher's goal. He could get, he could get that goal in a one nothing game. He's just scored in their last in their last uh, match. And yeah, they have quality all over the team. So I mean, that's a that's a great pick. Well, I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you so much. I I, I watched a lot of Tifo football to to make my my pick for sure. Um. Let's move on to the biggest disappointment. And I feel like this is going to piss a lot of people off, this segment. Who's your biggest disappointment? Or who do you think will be the team that disappoints us the most in this Euro? I think it's going to be Spain. I think okay. I don't see the quality that comes with Spaniard teams of the past. And what I mean by that is the last time Spain ran out in a major tournament, Aval Morata missed out. He wasn't good enough. And now he's the main guy who is supposed to get them a goal when they need it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I trust him enough to win you <laughs> in the tournament. I'm sorry. He's, I think he's, I know Timo Werner was offside a, a bunch this year, but Aval Morata, if he was, if he didn't best him, he was, was not far behind because that guy lives offsides, man. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I think Spain, has the weight because of how they how much they won as we as as uh we were coming up and in years past they have the weight of a heavyweight but i don't think that they're that team anymore 
it's a completely different generation too. There's no Xavi, there's no Iniesta. Um, they they also have a lot of uh, a lot of different players, and there's been a COVID scare in Spain's camp. Sergio Busquets and Marcos Llorente are not going to be able to play for these next few games. Um, so there's that. But I see it. I see it. I definitely see why you say that Spain will be a huge disappointment. Would it surprise you if they make it to the to the quarterfinals, to the semifinals, or is it like, yeah, they can disappoint me, but I see it. They can advance far as well. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have quality. Don't get me wrong. They they, they have guys who are just are literally in La Liga who just played who, or guys like Mark, Marcos Lorente isn't playing, but he's a great player. They got the the, the goalie that they got in there. When I see Mon is a great goalie. Hmm. Um, yeah. They, they, I mean, they got quality. Don't get me wrong. I can see them just getting by just on that. But the the teams that they're facing and and have so them staying home in in and the other three teams going uh going back to St. Petersburg is, <laughs> yeah. a, is a great advantage. So maybe they might get out of the group stages and and avoid that. But I can I can see them just laying laying a, a group segment. They just don't have the firepower that they had in, in uh, years past. It's very different. It's a very, very different side. I, I agree with you, and I, I don't I don't fancy them going very far in this tournament either. Um, I am stuck between two teams, but I'm gonna go with one with my actually with my second choice. I think Germany's gonna disappoint again in this tournament. Wow. Um, Jose Mourinho doesn't trust them. Arsene Wenger doesn't trust them. I don't trust them. I don't know why I just inserted myself into a conversation with Jose Mourinho and Arsene Wenger, but I just don't trust this team. I think that there's a lot going on in in, in this German camp. There's been a lot of turmoil since Russia 2018. They haven't looked like themselves in a while, I would say, and this is just for my ego. I, I, I think that Mexico stole their soul in that opening match of Group F in the 2018 World Cup. Yes, they stole their soul, and they haven't been the same. And in their group, they have France, the world champions. They have Portugal, the European champions. And to me, out of those three teams, France, Germany, Portugal, Germany is number three. France is one, Portugal is two, Germany, and they are a distant number three. I feel like I'm just going to eat my words right now. I don't know why. I just had this feeling that I'm going to eat my words because it's fucking Germany at the end of the day. It's Germany. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns. I think that Germany will be good enough for a third place finish. But then that means you're going to have to face one of the top dogs. You're going to have to face one of those big boys that finishes in first place. And then we'll have to wait and see. But they do have a lot of talent. They 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 have your boy Kai Havertz and they have a Timo Werner. Um, they they have a lot of talent. But I, I and uh, did Antonio Rudiger get called up? I hope he did. Sir. Yes, sir. He did okay. Well, they have a lot of talent, but I just I, I I don't see it with Germany. And also, Joachim Love is on his way out. He's on his way out now. If Hansi Flick was in charge of this of this national team, I'd be like, okay, it's a different message. It's a different voice. It's maybe a different way of playing the game. Maybe not so much because uh, Hansi Flick was Joachim Love's assistant in the 2014 World Cup and, and before that. 
But still, it's a different voice. And I'd be like, okay, watch out for Germany. But right now, I feel like everyone's just tired. They're just tired of each other. Um, so I don't see Germany doing much in, in, this, uh, in this tournament. And Germany is expected to win every single tournament that they play. So when I say that they're a disappointment, I mean that they're not going to win the tournament. I'm not saying that they're just going like, to crash and burn and lose every game. But I don't think they're going to win it. And um, in case anyone was curious, my other option was Belgium. Because, again, they finished third place in the World Cup back in 2018. So now a third place finish or a semifinal spot isn't good enough for them. They have to go out there and win. And you, you said it. I said it. We've been saying it. They need to win a trophy. And I think they're going to go trophyless. I don't see this Belgium team winning the Euro. I, I don't see them winning it. I think that there are better teams and in better positions. Belgium and Germany, my biggest disappointments for this Euro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's tough because I can definitely see... It's, it, it's like as soon as you say it, you can see that team, just because of the talent level, just making a run. Yeah. This, I just thought to myself, like, oh, man, Spain can definitely just shut, shut it down and just park the bus. But, yeah, uh, I can see it. I can definitely see it. Uh, Belgium... Belgium more likely than not will disappoint. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I worded that right, but I if they go all the way and 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 finally do win the trophy, I'll be a bit surprised. Yeah, me too. Me too. I I definitely agree with that. Let's move on to the final. Which are the two teams that you have in this final? And fuck it, who's your winner for this tournament? So. I don't know, like, that's the thing. I don't know if it's possible that they meet in the final. The two best teams that I have in the tournament are are in the same group. It's France and Portugal. Like, okay, I yeah. see them literally, I don't know how, I, if, if they, they can both advance and then, but I don't know if they'll meet it's each possible. other on the way there. It, it is, is possible. possible, yes, because Portugal and Greece back in 2004, they were in the same group and they ended up playing in the final. Okay, so, yeah, that that's, those are the two teams that I think are going to really... I, I don't see France being topped by anybody. I, I France is my winner overall. I think France okay. does win it all because I don't think they're going to be topped by any legit... I don't think anyone has the talent to get up there with France. With mm-hmm. uh, 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 Benzema, Griezmann, and Mbappe in, up top, that those three can interchange through... I mean, throughout uh, through the three positions. Through the, That's a false... Yeah. That's all, I was saying this earlier. It's a false 9, 10, and 11. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it's nuts. They, they can yeah. literally just, you don't want to see those three in front of you because you don't know what the hell they're going to do. Then you got Pogba and Toliso behind them with Encante sitting mm. behind them too. And then the same four that won the World Cup for them with the same goalie who's captaining the side. It's like, I just don't see them being top. The team that I can see has the talent and the grit and 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 knows how to win is Portugal. So I think Portugal is going to really shock people and get there. But I see a really tough game in which France wins it at the end because until I see someone beat that talent, it talent wins all all the time. I, that's how they won the World Cup. They yeah. weren't the, they weren't the most cohesive unit. That's why I think that the games were such a drag to watch. But man. Yeah, I, you'd be a fool to bet against this France team. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, call me a fool because I am. Uh, <laughs> I do have France in the final. Okay. I do have France in the final. I think France is going to be in the final. I think England is going to be in the final. Um, hence the Arsenal jersey today. I think that this, well, this pick was made by me based on the talent that both sides have and the pathway to the actual final. France, they're just better than everyone. They, You can insert them against anyone and they will win. England, I think they did. They do have it a little tougher, but I see something in England this season that this season, this tournament, that they can just get it done. And I, I hope, I hope that they can get it done. My winner, my initial pick, it was England. But I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to pick England. I'm going to pick England because picking France would be like, wow, all of this, all of this preview just for you guys to pick the same team to win. Although I, I would... I would pick France to win, and I know that last time I checked the sports book, France was the second favorite to win the Euro. Do you know who was the favorite? No, who was it? England. No shit. England was the favorite to win the Euro. That was, when was the Champions League final? About a week and a half ago? Two weeks? This weekend? It was two weeks ago. That's the last time that I checked. France was the second favorite. England was number one. So I'm going to pick England. They haven't won anything since 1966. We know this. They need a trophy now more than ever. If they can't win, this is probably the end of an era for Gareth Southgate. And then the rebuild begins. And it's just a never-ending cycle. I, I feel like everyone in England right now is thinking, right, this is it. This is it. We don't want to rebuild. We don't want to bring freaking Sven Goran Eriksson back. Um, I don't think he even manages anymore, but that's a different story. We don't want to bring anyone else. We have a core. We went to a World Cup semifinal in 2018. Sure, we lost to Croatia. We get our revenge against them um, in, in in the Euro or in the group stage. But now this is the time. This is the time. This is where you show the Jaden Sancho's, the Harry Kane, the Jude Bellingham, the the Mason Mount, the all of these talented attackers and all the talented midfielders and defenders. This is where you get to show that they can all mesh and they can become a unit and they can win something. You said it best a few minutes ago. There's a lot of winners in this team. The Chelsea guys, the City guys, they are winners. They can get this done. And... Kieran Trippier, oh my god, I almost forgot about him. He's the Spanish champion, the reigning Spanish champion with Atletico Madrid. There's a lot of winners on this side. Plenty of them. It should work out for England. But then again, France is France. This French team is ridiculous. They have talent on talent on talent. Their C team is probably better than a lot of these A teams for certain national teams. But I'm picking England. I am picking England. Um, every time I pick England, I, I tend to get disappointed. So with that being said, that's the end of our preview show for this Euro. Chris, do you have anything else to add before we get on out of here? Uh, not, uh, 
I think England's a great pick. <laughs> I, I, if, I, if I could pick with my heart, I would probably pick England just because mm-hmm. I have a soft spot for them. And yeah, I think the think they could definitely do it. I think they they have the talent, man. They have as much talent as anybody. They got Harry Kane. They got so much. Phil Foden, Mason Mount, all these guys who just they just they need to they need to win that. So they need it's time for them. So yeah, I think that's a great pick. And um, yeah, you can find me on if you guys need to follow me on Twitter. Just catch my my uh my take on during the during the Euros. Uh, if you saw me during the the Champions League final, it was, it was <laughs> madness. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Soledolo underscore. And uh, yeah, I'll follow, follow back, and it'll be a good time. There you go. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Perez FC. Follow the show at Total Food Club. Subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube as well. And uh, what else am I going to say? Oh, yeah, of course. At, at the end of every match day, we will have a new podcast available. We will be breaking down what went, what went down. Um, and I, I should make this a little bit more clear. When I say match day, some people might think that we're going to record after every single day. We're not. It's after every team has played. Uh, So let's say, for example, after every team played their first game, we will record. After every team played their second game, we will record and so on. And at at the end of the round of 16, we will record and stuff like that. Chris will be with us, um, of course, because he is part of Total Football Club. I'll have some of my friends along. Uh, It's not that you're not my friend, Chris. You know what I mean. You know what I mean, Chris. You know what I mean. But there's going to be a lot of content coming out, a whole lot, a lot of shows, a lot of good stuff for you guys, a lot of interactions. I really, really, really want to want to get to talk to you a little more and get get to get to know you guys uh, opinions and, and what you guys think about about certain games, certain players, stuff like that. I just want to interact as much as possible during this this tournament, because honestly, these tournaments it's what they're all about, interacting, socializing. And now that we can socialize a little bit more because certain things have been have been eased up a little bit and and some restrictions have been lifted, we can we can interact again. And what better way to do so than by watching a game if you drink, having a cold beer, eating some wings or just just being with your friends, being being with your friends or if you, you know just having a discussion a healthy discussion with with a stranger online and making a friend that's what these tournaments are all about and we get the opportunity right now with this euro we really appreciate you guys listening we are incredibly excited for the tournament we are incredibly excited for all the content that we are that we will be producing for you all for this next month the summer of soccer has officially kicked off chris welcome to the summer of soccer I want to welcome each and every one of you to the Summer of Soccer. Join us. This is going to be absolutely crazy. Enjoy the Euro. Enjoy the Copa America. Talk to us. Let us know what you think about the games. Let us know what you think. If you have any suggestions for the show, go ahead. Follow us. I already said all the social media. And that is it for me. Enjoy the games. Take care. Goodbye.